May the words of my lips and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. On behalf of Archdeacon Michael, the rector of this parish, I extend a warm welcome to any who are visiting here today for this uh, service, which does not take place every Sunday in this church, where we ordain or make a person a deacon in Christ's one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I'm so glad that all of the clergy of this parish who could come are here. And I also want to welcome a visiting priest today. Up till now, Father Dwight McPherson, when he came, sat with the clergy of the parish. Today he's coming as the rector of a different parish, same parish, but a parish uh, which was a, a satellite of Holy Trinity and now is a parish of its own, and Dwight is its first rector. To get here today, he finished Mass this morning uh, in, in Vermont, Rutland, Vermont, and uh, came here. We won't ask what speed he maintained along the way, <laughs> but we are so glad to have him here because... Uh, it reminds us that uh, of the success of the parish that he is now the rector of, but also reminds us that that would not be the case had it not been for the goodwill and the prayers and the sacrifice of Holy Trinity Anglican Church. And so while he is there with a separate parish, he's part of a family, and there'll always be a special connection between all saints and Holy Trinity. <clears throat> the ordination rites state that an ordination has to take place either on a Sunday or on a holy day uh, that the bishop may so select during a given week. Now, if you follow certain calendars, it's no trouble to find a holy day in the week because almost every day uh, in certain calendars uh, would be so designated. Today, we come here on a Sunday the fifth Sunday in Lent. Remind only two weeks from today, and it'll be Easter Day. The season of Lent, with all of its special observances, will have passed. In fact, the church in which I grew up, the Anglican Church of Canada, today was always known as Passion Sunday. And the, uh, now in the new lectionaries, uh, next Sunday, Palm Sunday, is also Passion Sunday. But for some older ones like me, we look upon this as the beginning of Passion Tide and we begin to contemplate the things which brought about our salvation. But, as most people who live anywhere in Massachusetts, but especially in the Boston area, would be reminded, today is also the Feast of St. Patrick of Ireland. Where I live in Newfoundland, it's very similar to Boston in that there's a large number of immigrants from the Emerald Isles who came there over the years, and so this day is kept with more rejoicing and frivolity and probably drunkenness uh, than, than is even in Ireland itself at this particular time. But nevertheless, Holy Church in her wisdom reminds us that St. Patrick probably would have been uh, in the various bars and pubs that are swinging today and have been all weekend reminding people of moderation 
reminding people of the real message that he was proclaiming, which was not eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we might die. And so it, 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 it gives me some pleasure to be able to identify today, and I hope, Robert, you, and from now on I'll probably say Bob, but I'll say Robert for the first official time, as I will in the liturgy that follows. But uh, I hope you'll always remember when the 17th of March comes around, and you hear the, the celebrating of, of St. Patrick, that for you this is a very special day that you will attribute, not with the frivolity around St. Patrick's Day, but around his teaching and three qualities which I'm now going to mention. One of the things I always suggest to people is when you observe a saint's day, remembering that a saint was a human being with strengths and weaknesses like you and like me, what it was about them that made them shine to the degree that the church gave them a special title and set aside a special day for them. <clears throat> I suggest there would be many from St. Patrick, even though we don't know all that much about him. He was, ironically, not an Irishman at all, but an Englishman who was captured at the age of 16 and brought to Ireland as a slave. He served there six years as a slave, looking after herds of sheep mainly, and he managed to escape, went back to England, did his training, uh, became quite, quite expert in his field, a young man who seemed to be going places, and yet on several occasions he had a, an a word from God that he was called not to excel in the church as it was thriving in England, but to go back to the wild and rough Irish people, very few of whom at that time had come into contact with Jesus Christ at all. And so he set back and went to Ireland where he spent the rest of his life. The qualities I would identify with him for today, though I wouldn't limit it to those qualities, but the qualities that I want you to think about, Bob, <coughs> are first was his courage. Courage beyond compare. To go back as an Englishman into a country that had yet to be really civilized. We're talking about the year, around the year four something, between four and five hundred. And to go there and face tribes which would think nothing at all of beheading him or uh, stoning him or any other thing they could think of because he was disrupting their way of life. But he had the courage to go where God was calling him to go. He had the courage to forsake some of the comfortable things he could be doing back in England, and to go out and to start from scratch almost to bring the name of Jesus Christ to people who uh, knew nothing of him and yet were surprisingly receptive to him when the message got out. I pray, my brother, you will be blessed with similar courage and that you will have the courage to hear God's call to you, whether it is to stay where you are or when you move into the sacred order of priests to uh, be called where he already knows he wants you to be, but not necessarily where you always would like to be. I pray you'll have the courage to make those decisions when the time comes. The second thing about St. Patrick that I'd like for you to meditate upon was his determination. When he set out into a village, no matter how dangerous it was, no matter how much courage it needed, it also needed his determination to plant a message 
which was opposite to what they wanted to hear. And nothing has changed. Starting here in the Marlborough area, in the Massachusetts area, in the United States, in, in North America, in the world, you can keep expanding the circle. We are being gripped today by a culture who does not want to hear the message of Jesus Christ, and yet they're looking for something. But because the message of Jesus is so counterculture, it's so different from what the secular society is saying it's going to be, you will have to be determined to adhere to it. Because, dear brother and dear brothers and sister in the ordained ministry here, your message is not a popular one. And when someone says to me, oh, such and such a priest, uh, uh, you know, he's a great guy. Often, that person is called by the world to be a great guy because he's not doing what he should be doing as a priest. The world will make, will be, will make you very popular if you tell it what it wants to hear. It won't make you so popular if you tell it what God is commanding you to proclaim. And so, we give you courage and determination to... to, to, to do what God is calling you to do. And the last quality of many others I could use is, uh, I'll, use I'll use the word stickability, tenacity, to stay there and to fight it out, regardless of how futile it may become, regardless of how it looks to you that I'm not getting anywhere. I'm doing this week after week after week, and many of you clergy know this feeling, and my numbers are getting smaller sometimes instead of larger. I'm looking forward to a big congregation. The bishop is coming or someone is coming. Uh, and, and on that particular day, everyone finds they have so many more things to do and they don't show up and they let you down. So stickability is so important to take the good times with the bad and to concentrate that just as you feel so upset when your people let you down, they are even far more upset, and God forbid, any time you let them down. And that is a terrific responsibility that lies on every one of us who are here today with our collar turning in a different direction. Jesus, quoting the book of Zechariah, said, Smite the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. If I can get one of my shepherds, one of my priests, to do wrong, one of my priests to act in a way that's unbecoming of a priest, one of my priests to forget sometimes that he is a priest, or a deacon, or a baptized member of the church. It keeps expanding. You don't get off the hook either, just because I'm talking primarily uh, to ordained clergy at this time. There's so many people who are hovering on the brink if they see the priest falter, if they see the priest do wrong will take that as an excuse to let them slip back into their own ways again. It's, it's, it, and the important thing I have to add to it is that the minute I lay my hands on your head here today, you receive the special gift of the Holy Spirit. From that moment onward, you, Robert Cummins, you are a marked man. You're marked as far as your congregation is concerned because you are now our deacon, sometime to be our priest. But, but what is far more dangerous, you are marked by Satan. Satan wants to stop you. Satan knows the potential you have of bringing people to Jesus Christ. And if he can stop you, 
not only will it be uh, you, know, the, the, you that are who have betrayed him, but it will be resp- you will be responsible for bringing other people not to him, but driven away from him. And so I feel, and I'm not saying this because I have any reason to say it to you in particular. I'm pointing at you because you are being ordained today, so you can be aware that the devil doesn't like what you are doing, and he will try to stop you. But he doesn't like what any of you have done either. He doesn't like what any of you have done when you were baptized. He's going to try to stop you too, and you know that all too well. We all know what temptation is like, and how terrible and how dreadful it can be, and how powerful it can be. Because you can be sure that the devil knows of your weaknesses. He knows where your Achilles heel is. I'm not sure if, if people today uh, are versed in the mythologies to know what the, the Achilles heel was, but uh, Achilles, when he was a baby, his mother bathed him in the, in the river that would make him unkillable, invincible. Uh, but she held on to him by the heel so he wouldn't float away in the water, which meant that all of his body was invulnerable except his heel. And that was where he finally met his end. And Satan knows the Achilles heel of every one of us in this room. And he knows how he can bring us down if we allow him to. So, and I am almost finished. I rejoice today that a new person is being added to the leadership in Christ's holy Catholic Church. It's an office that he can't buy, an office that he can't beg. It's an office that is bestowed in the wisdom of the Church through its bishops by Almighty God. And you know that what you are beginning, you must never turn back from. Set your face, just as Jesus at this time set his face to Jerusalem, even though, even though he knew what it was going to cost. Set your face, faith to the promises you have put that are before you and that you will make today. And I know, my brother, that you have found proficiency in another profession altogether. And now you have the opportunity of combining the best of psychology with the wonderfulness of being called by God as a deacon. Never try to put down one. Never try to, 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 to say, well, now, that was my old life. I've turned from it. You have many, many gifts. God has given you many gifts in that field. Use those gifts now in the field you're in, but also in the new field that you are embracing this time. And that is going to make you a better pastor and a better follower of him. When I was coming up to get ready for the procession, I saw many things downstairs. Every one of you will find, I shouldn't give away the surprise, but you're going to find a a pot of shamrocks on your table. And shamrocks are associated with uh, St. Patrick because he used the shamrock, the three leaves, and we'll be singing about that later on, I believe, uh, to, to teach about the Trinity. Three in one, and one in three. But I also noticed on the stage there a rather peculiar sign that I don't normally see at, at, at an ordination, which makes some reference to spud. <laughs> and I'm glad I didn't ask about it, because, if I, it, because if, if I asked about it, I'd have to try to explain it to you. I'll let someone else explain it downstairs afterwards. But I want to say, when I saw this, this came in my mind, 
and a thought I want to leave with you. I thought when I retired I was going to have time to do a lot more gardening, but God hasn't granted me that yet. But I do know enough about gardening and farming that if I take a spud, Irish name for a potato, and put it into the ground and treat it properly and nurture it well, that's going to turn not into one spud, but into a whole bunch of spuds. It will multiply. It will grow. And dear Robert, I want you to uh, encourage the people that you minister to to be like that spud, like that potato, to grow and to expand and to multiply. Because none of us here can keep the message to ourselves. You haven't really got it. If you, if you feel, I got the message of Jesus and therefore, you know, I'm fine. Let everyone else look after themselves. You don't have the message of Jesus. If you have it, you are compelled to go out and to share it with others and to bring them in. And as you do that as a deacon in the church of God, may all of us be encouraged, whatever our role is, to bring in people as well. The task lies upon us to bring in the kingdom, to bring in the harvest. It's not an easy harvest, but it's one nevertheless on which we can't turn our backs and which we must strengthen ourselves through prayer and through intercession of other people to make us that kind of farmer that God has called us to be. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.